0: How do we revolutionize cancer care? What innovations can solve global food scarcity? Can the next big leap in drug development come from a place you might not expect? These are the questions that drive us on New Wave, a podcast where curiosity meets life-changing science. In Nova Scotia, a new wave of pioneers are answering these questions, from reimagining how we treat the most daunting diseases To tackling the challenges of feeding a growing planet their stories are as inspiring as they are impactful i'm taylor McGilvery. join me as we dive into these extraordinary narratives we're not just talking about scientific breakthroughs we're exploring how these advancements touch lives reshape communities and pave the way for a brighter future subscribe to new wave on your favorite platform be part of a journey that takes you to the heart of innovation and shows how, in Nova Scotia, we're not just asking questions, we're finding answers.
1: Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.
3: It's Bridie here introducing this week's guest, Robbie Kramer. So Robbie is a dating coach and founder of Inner Confidence, a men's lifestyle self-help service that supports men in their goals in dating, entrepreneurship, health, fitness, travel, and luxury, Jeremy and I really enjoyed talking to Robbie and we got a great insight into his process and working with clients and I think that this is a kind of a new perspective some things we've never talked about on the podcast so we're really excited for you to hear it and we look forward to seeing you on the other side.
4: All right. Well, this is uh, going to be fun. We're sitting down with Robbie Kramer, and uh, you know what, Robbie, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pass the floor over to you to uh, give yourself a, a moment to introduce yourself to our listeners, give it a little a little bit of insight into uh, the work that you do, and uh, and and uh, how you found yourself uh, how you found yourself being a, a dating coach. Uh, it's, uh, I'm, I'm really strategist. a strategist. There we go. Yeah. Sweet. I can't wait to like dive, dive deep into this. So please take the floor.
2: Yeah, sure. Jeremy. Um, I am a dating coach. I, the best way to kind of describe what I do is if you've seen the, uh, the movie Hitch with Will Smith, the, uh, the classic from back in the day, maybe yeah,
3: some I've some of seen the that.
2: younger generation hasn't seen that, but if you <laughs> haven't, <laughs> um, so what that means is I help single men, typically between the ages—it's a big age range—20, early 20s up until you know mid 60s. I've got some clients, and I help them to become the man that women want, improve their love life. Um, I don't help guys pick up women. That's a totally different thing. There's a bunch of guys doing that, running around using weird sort of techniques and scripts. That's not what we're doing over here at Inner Confidence, which is the name of my company. Uh, we're helping guys to kind of improve from the inside out, uh, build their confidence, improve their appearance, do all the things that they need to do to kind of take their take themselves to that next level. Because what was my kind of hang up when, when I was in my early 20s, I was getting out of university and I really hadn't like been on a date, right? I'd always just kind of met people through Through core, like my classes or my social circle. But then when I got a real job, everything changed because now, you know, where do you meet women? You you don't have school with them anymore. You don't kind of have this built in social circle. So I was kind of just going to bars, but the thought of walking up to a strange woman in a bar and starting that conversation always gave me a ton of anxiety. Um, And I just noticed that I I felt like I had no idea what I was doing. So uh, I set out to to learn what it took to really like become the man that women want. Um, Transform my life. I lost a bunch of weight, Uh, learned how to carry myself in a different way, learned how to flirt, because that's something that kind of eluded me before. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, just kind of went through this this journey on my own. And I never meant it to be a business. It was just kind of this thing I was doing on the side as a a passion project. And just for my own self-improvement. And I started a blog back in the day. I was one of the first, it was like a a blog spot blog. This was in the early 2000s. And um, a few guys started following the blog and eventually they offered me money for coaching services. Mm. And it was a great transition because I I hated my job in, in finance. And eventually I was getting enough clients where I could leave my finance job and focus on this full time. So then I started a podcast uh, a few years later, and most of the guys that I end up working with find me through my podcast. And it, it's typically men who are in more analytical jobs. A lot of computer programmers, IT guys, some entrepreneurs that, you know, spend a, a ton of time working behind the office and working in the office and and not getting a, a huge chance to socialize. So mm. that's the uh, the story there.
4: I, I huh. so first of all, I want to say uh, I'm I'm glad that you you uh, you started that off with um with delineating the difference from like what you do versus like pickup artists um because uh, I I know that I I like I I have a feeling that pickup artists it's it, it, it's a it's a uh, that is a realm that uh, is is like it, it, there's something somewhere
3: kinda... between magician and
4: and do, and douche coach? no,
3: no. <laughs> i mean Doosh. i don't no judgment <laughs> i don't it. i don't know any pickup artists so i don't feel like i can, can can judge but if you're calling yourself a pickup artist i feel like it's you, a little sleazy it's a bit it,
4: it, it's a, it's, a, it's exactly. a bit sleazy but 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 what, what we what i'm hearing you say what, what you what you do sounds uh it it sounds like i mean it sounds like something that i probably could have used when I was young um and and I I maybe maybe we're getting too far ahead of ourselves already but as soon as you said uh learn how to flirt all, right away what are
3: your coaching uh <laughs> rates and are you available yeah 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 <laughs> so I, I just
4: I just had this conversation with my with my partner uh we were out at a bar and um and so Brady and I Brady and I have been married for for uh 10 years almost 11 almost 11 years and nice. uh, and we're we're polyamorous and so i was out with my 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 partner um and i was telling her and it, a relatively new partner and i was telling her and Brad, you you're very aware of this but i was telling her that i fucking i do not get flirting i don't understand it i don't know when i'm being flirted with i most certainly don't know how to flirt and and she has said this, and all my previous partners have said this, and you have said this, that I do know how to flirt. But I but but I I like I just I can tell you know how to flirt. I just speak some, to just people. Some... <laughs> I just talk to people. It's and, true. and but but there's gotta be yeah. a difference, right? There's gotta be a difference from between between uh just having a nice, like, engaged conversation with someone and flirting. Cause I I, I always I mean maybe I'm wrong here, and I hope you step in and correct me, Robbie, but I always thought flirting was like you know like dance full of
3: sexual innuendos yeah yeah exactly
4: like dancing right. around sort of things that are a little bit uh a little bit sort of uh complimenty Adult. and like yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah um and that i i don't like that i really have never had the ability to do that um mind you i've never really had problems in in the realm of like dating or finding it's because that's yeah. That, that well, there I was, you go. I, yeah. was just, I was just like, it's just because I'm funny. It's, it's definitely not my looks. That's for, for goddamn sure. So, <laughs> so I, at least I got one thing going for me. Um, but but le- I would love to talk about flirting for a bit. Like like what? Sure. How do you how like when so, say I'm a client of yours and I'm like, look, man, Robbie, I, I, I fucking have no idea how to flirt. Um, what what are like some key tip? What is a a what is flirting?
2: Sure. So what, what you were describing before was exactly how I felt about it. I'm like, what is, what is flirting? Is it sexual innuendo? Is it just, you know, because I wasn't good at that either. And I was in the same sort of headspace as you, whereas like, I don't think I flirt. I don't even know if I'm flirting. I don't even know really what that means. Um, and it's kind of one of those slightly airy-fairy terms where it's like, is it flirting? Is it not? But the, the way I describe it is most of it's nonverbal, actually. It's, it's your body language, it's the looks you're giving because sex is a physical act, right? Mm. And if you can't really feel a person in a physical way, if they never, you know, become sort of like a, a have that sort of physical relationship, even it's just a little touch, an eye contact, which isn't, you know, that, that's a kind of a physical thing, but it's not just the words. People think flirting is just the words and it's yes. really not, right? Yes. They even say, I think there's a study by uh, a UCLA doctor um, that they said converse or communication is 93% nonverbal,
0: right? right? It's tonality,
2: it's eye contact, it's physical contact, like there's so much going on there. So the actual words, sure, if you're doing sexual innuendo, or you're making you know snappy jokes or whatever, that can be flirty. But what's way more flirty is really just, it's this idea that I know I like you, you know that I like you. We're not going to verbally say that, but we both know what's going on. And when you have that kind of undercurrent of, yeah, I see what's happening here. It it makes the, the whole conversation alive, sexy, authentic, fun, versus if you're a guy and you're holding back your attraction, you're you're not able to show that you're interested, then you're never going to be flirting. Right. And that's what most of my clients do. They just, they hold back. They They ask kind of these boring job interview questions. You know, what's your sign? Where are you from? What do you do? And it's just this very sort of logical, boring conversation. And then they think, Oh, I need to make it sexual or I need to do this. And then they read some pickup stuff, and then they say something totally awkward and uncalibrated and weird. And they're like, I thought it was flirting.
4: Like, no, mm. that's <laughs> that's mm. not
2: it at all. What now, um,
4: what what about the difference between flirtation? Cause cause that all makes sense to me. And I can I can picture moments in my past where I've been, you know, uh at a bar. Uh, strike up a conversation with someone that I don't really know, and I've felt that I've felt that sort of uh, that 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 almost like tension. yeah that tension of of feeling mm-hmm. like okay like I I think this person is very cute and I like having conversation with the person and they're you know we're making a lot of eye contact and they they put their hand on my on my forearm or like we, you know whatever um mm-hmm. that makes sense to me but what about like when it comes to flirtation through especially now in the, in the age of like online dating, flirting through, like, I don't know, like the use of emojis and like, and like, and just text-based flirting Um, is a, how does one, how does one approach flirtation just through a screen?
2: You know, it's, that's, that's a challenge of course, because you're exactly, you're going through a screen, you're trying to create an emotional connection through a screen, which is a challenge. And the best way to do it is to tease and to be playful, but not easy, right? Ooh. There's there's teasing too much, which can be you know misconstrued as offensive. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually tell my clients to to try and stay away from online dating as much as possible because it's just so riddled with with poor results. You know, most of the guys that come to me. They have, a, of course, they have a Tinder profile. Maybe they have a Hinge profile. Whatever. Their Instagram sucks. Um, you know, they're on these dating sites and they're getting the occasional matches, but very rarely are they are they getting dates. If they do get a date, the women often flake or they they show up and they're not nearly as attractive as their photos. And it's just a really competitive environment, and it's very hard to kind of make that emotional connection. It, it, it's funny, but one of the best ways to flirt through you know, online or through through um, online dating is the only way to really stand out is to say something almost like shocking and teasing and something that that gets someone's attention. Right. But again, it's it's such a low return on investment. I tell most of my clients don't waste their time. And I say, try learn how to meet people in real life, learn how to flirt with people in real life, and learn how to face rejection in real life, because that's what actually moves the needle. That's what transforms yourself as a man. It's a, it's a scary process, but on the other side is an abundant dating life where you have the ability to meet, you know, that person that you've, you, you know that you deserve that you've always kind of, you know, who has eluded you, I guess I could say.
3: Mm. A lot of the things you mentioned are like skills that were not like our socially cultivated skills. And when it like, hit home so hard that point about leaving school and like going into the workforce and it being suddenly a very strange environment to like make friends or meet people that you want to date um and so i'm i'm wondering what the the like intake process is when a, like a client comes to you and they're like can you fix this like i i can't i'm not satisfied with dating and you know it seems almost like like if you put, if you reversed the genders there and you were like, I I help women be, you know, what men want, it would have a completely different, it would be received completely differently. But I suspect that right. what you're doing is you're bridging a gap there because, you know, in in a lot of the conversations, and this is like a very heteronormative thing for me to say, but in a lot of like the relationships I've encountered, there does seem to be a theme of, of like, of the the uh, man in the relationship being like, well, I think everything's okay. And the woman being like, things are not okay. And there's just, there's just like a bit of a, like a disconnect there in the way, in the bottom line of how we communicate. And we see it sometimes through shows like Queer Eye, where they, where they show up and they're like, here, well, if you cared a little bit more, not even like that almost sounds insulting. Like you cared more about the way you looked, but they mm-hmm. do it in this really like tactful way of being like, you're, you know, you're fabulous and you should look fabulous. Like what is that? What's that? Who comes to you? What's the process of taking them in and deciding where the work is?
2: Yeah. So most guys that come to me, they have the same problem. And that is that they're uncomfortable expressing any sort of interest or attraction towards women. And almost all the guys have the same story. Same story that I had to is, you know, for me, it was seventh grade, I was attracted to this girl named Lauren, I was afraid to ask her out. So I asked her friend to ask her for me. Um, I didn't know the friend actually had a crush on me. So when the friend asked Lauren, Lauren, I think Lauren said, sure, yes, but the friend but she felt bad for the friend. So she said, No, let's just be friends, you can have them. But I took this as this big, terrible rejection. And then I got some advice from, you know, an older mentor and, and like a PE teacher, cool guy. And he was like, dude, why would you ever like show your interest in a girl? Why don't you just let them come to you? That's what I always do. And, you know, at the time I was like, Oh, that's great advice. I didn't think like, Oh, this guy's like six, three looks like a male model. Of course, women are coming to him, right? (laughs) I was shorter, (laughs) kind of chubby. And so I waited around for the next like five years from seventh grade until my, you know, senior year of high school, I waited for the women to come to me, except no one was coming. And even if they (laughs) did, I wasn't aware that they were coming. I wasn't even like, you know, clued into any of their, of their flirtation or any of their interest. Um, so, you know, I basically just became this, uh, what I call an inauthentic nice guy, which is I was trying to be nice in order to gain people's approval and in order to hopefully have women see me as like a a, a sexual partner. And that never worked, right? Being the nice guy just landed me in the friend zone. So... What I needed to do was I needed to to learn how to kind of express that interest in a a healthy way. And I think that's really the tough part that's kind of going on with our culture is we don't have a lot of models for how to do that. No one's really talking about that, right? We have these, we have these like, you know, you got Donald Trump, you know, grab him by the, you know what, (laughs) Uh, you got, (laughs) you got these celebrities that that are just kind of, you know, out there. And it's not like a conversation that my dad was ever having with me. Um, it's mostly just kind of passed on through friends. And if you kind of get it at an early age, you become a quote unquote natural. Mm -hmm. Um, or if you're good looking, you just kind of pick it up. But if if you're not, it's, it's one of those things that guys don't really, a lot of the time they don't really figure it out until they come to someone like me. Mm -hmm. Um, so the process is the first step is having them understand that and understand that they need to get comfortable facing rejection. Like if you put yourself out there, there's a high chance you're going to get rejected. And that's okay. That's fine. The dating game is riddled with rejection. Everyone's using online dating because the rejection doesn't feel that bad. You're behind a computer screen. Oh, no big deal. They didn't really mm. reject me. They rejected my profile. Doesn't make me a loser, right? But when you're out there and you see a woman you like and you try to go flirt with her, you just try to go start a conversation, and she you know kind of just ignores you or or tells you she has a boyfriend or whatever, that feels a lot worse. That's a lot more scary. Most guys will have to take, you know, seven or eight shots of tequila. Before they they try that at a bar or a club, and by that time all the other guys are drunk and doing it, so it's not even that impressive. (laughs) So, so that's kind of like the mindset of of where to go. And then to answer your question, the first thing I always help guys with is their fashion, fashion and texting, because you can you can really transform how a guy is coming across his first impression by just giving him clothes that fit, that aren't like incredibly baggy or, or just unflattering to his physique. Most guys have really no idea how to put an outfit together. And, uh, and, and a lot of women are, are, you know, surprisingly okay with that. And uh, what's the word I like, you know, they're, they're like, Oh, you know, well, he's trying whatever. But if you can put an outfit together, right, <laughs> just, just kind of like what you're talking about queer eye, like you, if you yeah. can just dress really well, that shows you well, he's straight. So he must have probably dated or had a relationship with a with a cool woman at some point because most straight men like they don't care about fashion right so it it, it's kind of like a pre-selection mechanism because if he if he was gay he'd know how to dress but because he's straight a woman must have dressed him in the past because there's no (laughs) way he would know on his own
4: (laughs) Um, my mom my mom mom. (laughs) and uh she did an all right job I, i i feel pretty good about my my fashion uh thanks mom uh i yeah one of the things that like that just comes to mind is, is that and i was i was just talking about this the other day about how like <clears throat> communication is a effective communication and like meaningful communication is is one of the one of the like primary building blocks for for um uh for cre- like cultivating meaningful relationships, and 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 in turn, meaningful relationships uh, go on to to provide a person with with like long standing happiness. And uh, in order to foster great relationships, you need to be able to communicate with meaning. But the 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 problem is, I, I don't think that communication is is like a an innate tool um, for for most of us, and and it's it's something that's like practiced and honed over the span of your lifetime. Um, and so so you know these clients that you that you work with my my take is that they're they likely haven't had that that skill honed that that skill of like effective and meaningful communication um and one of the things that I'm I'm curious about is like uh in the work that you do with all the clients that you have um do you do you like have you have you come across like have you worked with clients who um maybe are 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 like um i'm sure you've worked with clients that just like have really low communication skills and are you know pretty like typical um typical functional human but um do you ever work with clients that are like that are atypical in in terms of like you know living on the spectrum or uh mm-hmm. you know dealing with autism or Asperger's or something like that where communication for them like is it is even the idea of building effective communication is is like already such a challenge for them because those social cues those 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 like social norms that most of us have a g- general grasp on they just really struggle with that deeply.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you asked because I actually have two or three clients that I'm working with right now. Um, one is diagnosed on the spectrum; he's got Asperger's. Um, He's a a very famous poker player actually, so very highly functioning, extremely rich um, and uh, very much on the Asperger you know side of the spectrum um, or the the lower end of the spectrum, I guess you could say. Uh, and I have a couple other clients that haven't been, I don't know clinically diagnosed, but they're for sure you know aspie, you could say or or they're definitely have autistic traits and it is a challenge, right? Because they're not picking up on those social cues. Their, you know, their approach to to communication and conversation is, is just different. You know, it's um, so having them understand what I call or social protocol. That's kind of like the way that you're expected to behave in a way that's socially acceptable, right? They it that's something that eludes them. So they have to learn it step by step. And the only way I found effective to do that is to have them go on dates and with these are mock dates. So this is like a, an actress that I'll hire and we'll videotape the whole thing and play back the video and show them where they're being awkward and, and show them exactly when you said this, th- do you see her reaction here? This is that was uncalibrated. That was slightly off. That was quirky because they're quirky and mm. they don't realize that they're quirky so those sorts of, of I guess you could call them modalities to show them how they're being is really what makes a big difference for these guys. Mm. And, um, you know, there's a lot of women, well, not as many, they say, women on the spectrum, but there are. And when they do find another woman who's on the spectrum, they do end up clicking with them a lot easier. Mm. Um, and, you know, it, it's it's something that, takes a little bit more work of course, but they can have great relationships if, mm-hmm. if they find someone who's, you know, kind of on that same level.
4: I, I just crushed the entire season of um dating on the spectrum. The US edition last night. Mm-hmm. Holy fuck. It's just it is the most like heartwarming, heart wrenching, hilarious, beautiful show I've I've like ever fucking watched. I literally I literally I put I was like nah, I've got I'm bored I'll put put it on. Locked in, locked in, <laughs> fucking oh, yeah. crushed the whole series. It's ama- <laughs> it was amazing, but it, it, but it did make me think. Uh, it, I mean, and in, in this conversation right now, it made me think about that show and just, just the 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 hurdles that someone um has to has to jump in order to to find themselves in a position where they feel comfortable in their own skin with somebody else, um, especially somebody who struggles with you know with autism or or any other. Intellectual disability. You, um,
5: yeah. So go, the,
2: the, oh, just to chime in real fast. The one advantage that they have is they're way less worried about rejection and looking bad mm. a lot of the time. Um, and so that's a huge advantage because they're willing to take risks that a lot of other guys are not mm-hmm. willing to take, or they they need a ton of exposure therapy to get mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I make all of my clients go out on the street and do social freedom exercises, just things that intentionally embarrass them. And then I make them go and approach women. Um, and of course I give them some, some ways to, to do it in a, in a way that's not awkward or weird. Sometimes they, they walk away with a phone number and a date. Um, but, this process is very much exposure therapy
0: mm-hmm. and
2: just going through that process is transformative. But the guys with on the spectrum, they have no problem approaching women. And mm. because of that, they'll get a lot of dates. And, and, you know, oftentimes if they do, a, just by happenstance approach, you know, a woman on the spectrum, they, they click pretty yeah. fast. It, it's yeah. cool.
4: Turn me on
5: podcast. We'll be back
2: after this
4: short break.
5: Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
1: Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. Only at Sleep Number Stores or SleepNumber.com.
2: Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Posting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big-game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast.
3: You mentioned that uh, appearance or or clothing, getting clothes that fit um and texting were the two are the two like sort of main things you focus on. What have we already covered the texting bit or is there more to say about that?
2: Uh, I can I can make a few quick points on texting. So what the number one way that most guys screw up texting is they get a number that they're really excited about and they just text too much, right? They, they start texting, how's your day going? You know, and they get into these, these conversations before they've made the the in-person connection mm. needing to, for that level of, <laughs> of back and forth, uh, you, you know, you, you want to kind of play it cool. You want to remain a little bit of a mystery and leave something for her to kind of imagine about you. If you're constantly texting her, you're showing that you probably don't have other women in your life, which means, you know, you're probably not that interesting. And <laughs> it, it really just kind of lowers your value and it, it makes you look like you're really overinvesting. And that's what what that's what guys do. They, they overinvest through text, send too many emojis, too many gifts. They're just, they're just putting too much out there rather than mirroring kind of what's coming back to be a good texter. You really just kind of have to mirror what, what you're receiving and and know what sort of know the, the, the frequency to send. And really the only point of texting is to, is to get a date. It, that is really the it, right? And if, if that requires a little bit of flirting, a little humor back and forth, so be it, but it's very minimal. And um, that's always my advice for guys is less is more. And I promise I mean, I think most guys listening to this will be like, oh, yeah, that one time I thought she was really into me and then we we're texting every day and it seems so on. And then she flaked. And I don't understand why. How could she flake after we had, you know, books and books of text back and forth? And it's like, well, you, you know, you, you killed your chances by by just giving too much too mm. soon. Well,
3: it seems in line with what you're saying about online dating. It's like keep it off the screen, like keep as mm. much of it in person as you can. Um, yeah. it makes sense to me too, that like you identified many of your clients being people in like analytical or like office jobs, like what other sort of things do you need to do to get people out of that sort of like frontal brain where they exist for work and, are, are, or, or, you know, are very successful at, um, in and into their, and into their bodies.
2: Yeah, that's so important. I mean, I tell all my clients that they should, do their best to either join some sort of, you know, martial arts, because not only does that build physical confidence, um, you know, it gets you out of your, out of your head into your body. So I'm a big proponent of Muay Thai or Brazilian jujitsu. Uh, a lot of the guys find that after doing that and rolling around on the mat and, and, uh, having that sort of masculine bonding experience, uh, that makes a huge difference in their dating life. You know, the, the one thing that I found there's a, a very direct correlation between men who are good with women and did they grow up playing team sports? You know, really? did they grow up playing basketball, hockey, football? Cause what you learn, I grew up playing ice hockey, but I was still, you know, kind of a late bloomer in that. And I was able to gain so much social skills from, you know, being in the locker room with the other guys, teasing each other, like getting made fun of like just literally being naked and being okay with that. And most of my clients have never played team sports. They've really done, you know, they're they're they were on the chess team or they played tennis, which doesn't really count. Um, My main sport was golf, so uh, you know I only played hockey till I was about 14. Then I switched to golf, and there there you have it. So doing anything (laughs) (laughs) with other guys in a competitive male environment can actually make a bigger difference than you know learning a bunch of pickup stuff, which is what most guys do. They go more into their head. They go on YouTube. And they study this, this nonsense that they're, and they're just going more analytical, more in their head versus, like I said, doing something else.
4: Mm. What, what about, uh, what can you say about like the importance of body language and, and like, you know, uh, effective ways to utilize body language in maybe say, you know, a first date, uh, to, to, to kind of like offer up a, a warm and like welcoming presence, uh, where, where you're not so i don't know like shut off or or you know detached from the person that you're spending time with. So what
2: i tell my clients is if if you really want to quarterback a first date properly, then you have to understand the the different sort of energetic states that happen during a date, right? Let's say it's an online date or a first date where you've only met that person one time and it was short, brief or like i said online where you haven't met them. The first place you're going to meet doesn't have to be some over the top, you know, expensive restaurant or or horrible if you went to like a movie or any sort of show where you're not interacting with the person, but you're, you're experiencing something else like you want to just meet at, you know, a, a local dive bar or a coffee shop or any sort of like easy to find easy to get to normal place where you can sit down, have a drink, you know, it doesn't matter if you're sitting across from them. But stay there in that sort of vibe that kind of getting to know you, you know, it's it's that basic small talk fluff that's going to that's going to go on for maybe 20 or 30 minutes, have a drink. And if things are going like, even if they, they don't seem like they're going that well, if it's just like a back and forth conversation, I mean, she's there, right? And she wouldn't go on that date in the first place if there wasn't some level of attraction or interest. So my advice is always change venues from there, go to a different place preferably somewhere where you can kind of sit next to each other and you know more of like a loungy type of bar a cavernous sort of you know like like a a, a speakeasy is a great sort of place for that and if you go and sit down on the couch and you know just kind of pat the, the seat and see if she sits next to you that's a great sign and then when you're when you're next to someone there's so much more opportunity for that that easy touching when you're sitting across Right? If you want to touch the person, you have to make this big, <laughs> awkward move. <laughs> and it's not smooth. It's uh, it's the opposite. So you need to, you know, put yourself in a position where you can do that. The other thing that I recommend is when you do do change venues, um, instead of even going to another place, you can just walk through a park, find a park bench to sit on. And when you're walking around and talking, you know, you're kind of grazing shoulders, bumping into each other a little bit, right? You can offer your your arm as you're crossing a street. I even have a stupid little joke that I'll make. Sometimes I'll, you know, I'll be at at the sidewalk and I'll just kind of nonchalantly put my hand back and see if she takes my hand. And if she doesn't take my hand, I'll be like, yo, what the heck? This is a dangerous street. My mom told me to always, you know, hold someone's hand when crossing the street. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just, just a fun way to just kill that awkwardness, right? And um, and I think that that's one of the things that a lot of guys are missing on dates is they they want to make the, the move, right? They want to go for the kiss, but they're worried that, well, if I do and it's awkward, what do I do then? So what mm. do they do? They, they go to a, a fancy dinner. They sit there for two and a half hours. They're getting interrupted by the wait staff all the time. The conversation just is not that interesting because it's two people. There's always that sort of imaginary wall that is hard to break through when you're on a date and it feels like, oh, this is nerve, you know, it's, it's a date. I have to be on my best. Um, and then they, you know, they they wait until maybe dropping the the woman off of the doorstep to go for the kiss. And she knows it's coming. And it's it's just not it's not sexy. It's it's just like, <laughs> come on, right. So, rather than doing that, you know, have a quick drink, like I said. Change venues. If you're sitting on a couch, and you know, now that you're in a new place, the energies change. You're walking through a park. You can just kind of slow down, look in her eyes, you know, face her head on. You're going to be able to tell if if uh, she's ready to be kissed or not. If she if she kind of like opens her body towards you, and you're you're going forward, like she's probably ready to kiss you. But if if you're side by side and you just kind of turn, and she's there too. That's, that's a, a, a lot easier of a situation. So I, I, you know, great question about the body language, because you, that's something that comes from experience as well. Like if you've never Ooh. gone on dates, it's going to be really hard to kind of get this. You, you got to go on a lot of dates and you got to get those reps in to really understand. And once you do, it's, it's like you, you know, I had a client just recently tell me, he's like, yeah, before I never knew when to go for a, a kiss on a date. He's like, now I never not know a hundred percent of the time I go for it, she kisses me back because I, I can feel when it's the right time. I can, I can tell those signals that she's giving me, how she's looking at me, how she's positioning her body. And that just comes from experience. And, and, you know,
3: with that, how do you tell, like, how do you coach people in managing their expectations when they go like, you know, all these dates, like what, you know, what's the goal, I guess you send people out with?
2: So the goal is is to become okay. So in in every guy's mind, they they kind of have this like idea of their version of themselves at a ten, mm-hmm. right? And if you want whatever your version of a ten is, you need to be a ten. And I tell guys, listen, if if you want to date the most high quality companion, you need to become the most high quality companion. You need to get over your own you know, your own bullshit. I can say that your own crap. Um, and whether that's confidence issues, whether that's losing weight, um, whether that's, you know, knowing sort of what to say, like it's, it's always different. Right. So, but, but the, that end goal of, of feeling like your own version of a 10, like that's, that's kind of universal. So Mm. I, I coach guys specifically kind of how to lean into those sharp points. And what they need to work, you know, some guys will come to me and they're like, yeah, I haven't had a, a date in a long time and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, dude, you know, you're, you're like 45 pounds overweight. And like, I could, I could teach you the dating stuff, but you're going to do a lot better if you just lose weight also. So let's, let's focus on that first, you know, and then as you build more confidence and you feel, you know, more sexy in your own appearance, the dating stuff's going to come way easier. So mm-hmm. it, it's a, you know, it's a different path for different guys, but
3: can not you sure if I answered your question. Yeah. Like, can you differentiate, like, if somebody shows up and they're 45 pounds overweight that you can, you can be like, I can see that this particular thing is affecting your confidence because there's like, I've always like, you know, coming up, I was, I was like, why am I always attracted to like teddy bear looking mm-hmm. guys? And usually it's because they've developed their sense of humor and I'm in like body, you know, shape or whatever doesn't it's not, it's not, it's not the thing that, um, puts me off. It's, mm-hmm. it's always humor. Like I'm a sucker for a good sense of humor. So, but if you, but if you get a client who comes in and can you kind of, do you feel like you can kind of read that as like, that's, that's a thing for you. That's holding you back as opposed totally. to being like, first things first, you have to have the best physique. Got to you know? have
2: a six pack. No, yeah. no. <laughs> right. Um, cause you're right. Women are you know, luckily I, I think women, I mean, I don't know, women are, can be as visual as guys are too, but, but I think having a belly if most guys are confident, like no big deal, yeah. you know? <laughs> so, uh, and it goes both ways too. Like I've, I've found women who aren't in the best shape, but they're really confident and that that can be incredibly sexy as well. So mm-hmm. it's all about the vibe you're putting out. Not so much how you look, but are you, are you putting out that vibe? Right. Mm-hmm. For me, I always felt like I couldn't put out that vibe because I felt like a chubby loser. Mm -hmm. And that was always the front thing in my mind. I was like, Oh, she's not going to date me because like I'm chubby and, and I feel like a a fat kid. Um, so when I lost that weight, I also lost the story Mm -hmm. behind it, which is, Oh, now I am worthy. So I don't have to worry about that. So it's really kind of like a worthiness issue. And I can tell pretty easily, you know, when, when I take guys in and, and ask them, know what they're dealing with how do they feel about their physique it's not it's not really about their physique it's how they feel about it if they're 45 pounds overweight but they feel great i'm like okay well rock it it's fine
3: the story is a really big piece eh it's whatever you're telling yourself is gonna get Mm. is is what's what you're gonna lead with i assume
4: law of attraction La-
3: oh, yeah, the old... Uh- the, the,
4: the secret. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> um, how do you, like, one of the things you said earlier that I'm kind of curious about, um, which I think sort of touched on the idea of, like, getting out of your comfort zone, but these these uh, social exercises that you you implement for guys to get out and, like, you know, do things out in the world that that makes them feel uh, maybe a little uncomfortable or like does things that, that really just sort of, uh, um, yeah, just gets them outside of their comfort zone. Like what are examples of some of, some of the, the, the exercises that you have some of your clients do?
2: Sure. Yeah. Some of them are a lot of fun and they, they go up on the intensity scale. So the beginning easy ones are just go out, ask for the time, ask for directions, just talk, like talk to a hundred people in less than 20 minutes. Mm. That's a pretty good one. Um, and you feel radically different after talking to 100 people in 20 minutes, like the the social muscles, like it's really a thing, right? Using your, your social muscles versus not when you're in your head. Um, then from there, there's there's a funny one where you just lie down on the sidewalk in a busy place, pretending <laughs> you're, you're
4: dead or asleep. <laughs> and wait, why? <laughs> what's the, what's the, uh, like, what is the, uh, what's the- To get uncomfortable. Yeah, what's the purpose there? Just to make someone feel like- just totally out of their own body. What and, it feels and, like to yeah. be looked at. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. You're the center of attention and, and you, you try to stay there as long as you can, right? Eventually you're going to have a crowd of people. Are you okay? Is everything all right? You know, people are going to come it over. And then, you know, the longer <laughs> you can stay there, I guess the more social freedom you have, right? Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> so that's a pretty funny one. Um, another one is going into like a fast food restaurant and asking for a discount or asking mm. for free stuff. Like, you know, I'll have a, I'll have a happy meal. Right. And, or whatever, <laughs> who orders a happy meal if you're not a kid, but you know, like, <laughs> McDonald's uh, menu item. And they're like, you know, this, it's this way. And you're like, you know, I I don't want to pay. And they're, like, and they're like, yeah, I want it for free. Can you give it for free? And it's shocking how often guys will get free stuff. And they're like, yeah, I'm yeah. doing this all the time. I'm going to go, you know, and Brian... or you ask to like buy the store, right? Yeah, yeah, I'd like to yeah. purchase the McDonald's. So you're, th- then it gets even crazier. Mm-hmm. I have another one, which is the, like absolutely ridiculous where you go up to a couple and you say, Hey, can you guys help me? You look like a cool couple. Uh, I'm I'm actually trying to pick out a, a gift from my girlfriend and I'm not really sure what to get. And as you're saying this, you just start picking your nose and like, like it's nothing, you know, you're just right. like, yeah, blah, yeah, just yeah, you know? and then at the end you try to shake their hand. And shockingly so many people will shake your hand, even <laughs> after you've picked your nose directly in <laughs> front of them. So- <laughs>
4: god damn it this reminds me of shit that we used to do oh my i i was uh, uh I, I did team sports when i was growing up but it was competitive improv uh <laughs> and, and this, this is the fucking silly shit that we would do out on the streets just to make each other laugh but um uh brought my 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 good friend brian who who i think it radiates confidence and uh, very also very attractive so that helps him as well but uh <laughs> one thing that he does a lot and because he, he heard this from a podcast he every time we go anywhere Doesn't matter where, like if we're ordering food, if we're like at fuck, I don't know, like the dollar store, whatever. He always asks for the good guy discount. He's like, I'm a good guy, you're a good guy, so like, can I get a good guy discount? And man, I'm telling you, the amount of times (laughs) that someone goes. Yeah, sure. I'll give you fifteen percent off. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
3: it's unbelievable, right? What are his credentials? I mean, does he carry around a CV? No. Yeah, my
2: mom yeah, told yeah, me I was yeah, a good guy. Yeah. That
4: counts. He's got a card. Yeah, he's got There's a card some testimonials.
3: <laughs> that I can play for you so funny. from my voice memos.
4: Robbie, um, uh, tell us about the podcast, uh, the Leverage podcast. Um, where can people find it? What kind of conversations do you, are you having on the podcast? Um, and and like, what what was the the impetus to that?
2: Yeah, I started the podcast in 2013, 2014. I'm right around episode 200. Um, you know, men's lifestyle, we talk about everything relating to dating. That's kind of the the. St- Focus obviously is is dating and how to you know become more dateable, more attractive, and then we get into travel, um, career, finance, a lot of a lot of life hacking stuff, um, creating passive income, traveling for free, uh, you know stuff that appeals to single guys. How single guys can really optimize and and hack their life. Um, so different you know guests on there all the time that I interview, all walks of life. Um, you guys are, are in an open relationship. And, and as I understand in the, you know, whatever lifestyle community I used to be, I don't know what, what label you want to do. Sorry. If I, if I go, I used to be in that, in the lifestyle community as well. Um, and, uh, I had a a partner and well, many partners and, and we were always running around doing crazy stuff like that. So I had a, a long period of my life where I was definitely not monogamous. Um, and I have a lot of cool people on that I interview about, you know, BDSM or orgies or mm-hmm. you, you name it, you know, if it's anything related to to sexuality or dating, you know, I've, I've talked about it. So you can find it um, on my site. It's innerconfidence.com and you'll see the podcast uh, link up there and a front well, center.
4: And how do, how can people find you? How can people stay up to, to date with the work that you do? Uh, innerconfidence.com uh, is, is one place. Are you, are you on social media?
2: Yeah. Um, if you liked what I had to say, hit me up on Instagram or TikTok. Um, it's uh, Robbie R O B B I E underscore Kramer, K R A M E R. And uh, I love hearing from people. Or you know, drop me a line, say what's up. And uh, you know, I like connecting with with listeners. It's fun.
4: Cool. Well, awesome. thanks, dude. This has been this has been a real treat. Thank you, Robbie.
2: Yeah, it's been awesome. Thanks for having me, guys.
4: All right, there we have it, folks. Hope you enjoyed that conversation that we just had. And uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to support the podcast further, you can do that by leaving a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts, or you can simply rate the podcast on the Spotify mobile app. And uh, if you want to uh, support the podcast even further than that... Which you can. Wow, you can you're go to, so
3: kind and thoughtful, and so generous. Thoughtful,
4: so generous. Go to Patreon.com/slash Turn Me On. Uh, to become a patron and help us uh, keep this podcast afloat
3: well if you want to reach out to us turn me on podcast at gmail.com is always open for all of your messages that's the best way to get in touch if you have a question for us if you'd like to be a guest on the show if you have a recommendation for a guest on the show or if you just want to send us a little love note uh, email money transfer uh all of that
4: sex toy
3: (laughs) you know we're we're our email inbox is open to you
4: That is it for this week. Until next week.
3: Why don't you go touch yourself?